I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. I am stressing to you. You take this outfit home, and you burn it. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. We couldn't do diddly, poo, offensively. One-on-one, -on -one, I'm undefeated, never lost. High fly ball in the right field. She is gone. That's over. It's reached. It's over. Way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry. I thought it was going to score. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go. USA to lead the Miracle. Yes! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to the Wide Open Sportscast. Rick. Hey, I'm Feds, and once again, welcome back to the Wide Open Sportscast, the almost world-famous Wide Open Sportscast. Don't forget to visit us on Twitter at Wide Open underscore sports, and be sure to check us out on SoundCloud at Wide Open Sportscast, as well as subscribe to our exclusive iTunes account. Uh, welcome back, Rick. First episode of 2018. Welcome back, indeed. How have you been? I've been doing great, dude. You've been uh, fighting the snow? Yeah, uh, well, you have too. Uh, how was your little uh, trip? Yeah, so I just got back from uh, Vermont. It was a lot of fun. Very cold. Very cold. Uh, we went skiing for about five days. Uh, stopped at a couple of breweries on the way, which was nice. And yeah, I mean, a couple of days on top of the summit, it was like either zero degrees or negative degrees. One day, they, the biggest mountain, they had to close down because it was just too cold. Now tell me. When we were sitting in the parking lot getting ready for the Eagles game, did that prepare you at all? How did that training work out for you? Um, you know, it it was nice that I got to try on my new ski clothes because I, I just wore my ski jacket and my ski pants and mm -hmm. like my snow boots, and I was perfectly fine. Uh, I mean, it was my ski pants were in all were good, but it was still cold, and I still needed to like, hop in the lodge for uh, a cup of chili and a beer. Uh, that sounds like a perfect combo. Yeah, how about you? I heard you've been uh, skipping school. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Ferris Bueller's day off. No, well, um, well, you were playing in the snow. I was sitting inside from the snow. Um, I know you said that you didn't get that much in Vermont when you were there, which surprised I, me. I no, I I got a, I did get a bit. Okay. But I was saying uh, what we were talking about before, like the nor'easter or whatever it was, like the like the bomb cyclone, whatever it was called. Mm -hmm. uh, day after tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Um, that it hit more in like the Connecticut, Massachusetts area. That okay. it really hit that area more. Like, the outskirts obviously got some, but I know, like, uh, my, my girlfriend was back in Connecticut visiting her family. She said, like, they got, like, 15 inches at least. Yeah, um, got me two days off of school that Thursday and Friday. Yeah, that must have been nice. Uh, yeah, had a four-day weekend coming off of a 10-day break and now going into a three-day weekend with Martin Luther King. But, um, yeah. Too cool for school. Yep. <laughs> I mean, some of the teachers down the shore were saying that they got, like, 18 inches. Really? Yeah, the the shore got pounded, and being where I teach is a little bit closer towards the shore. Uh, no surprise that we had two days off, and then we had a delayed opening on Tuesday because of all the ice that we had on Monday night here, which was actually pretty slippery. I mean, now this, listen to how bad this was. Um, mm -hmm. the, you know, I've been I've been following you. Um, you know, you had said that you were going on a little bit of a health kick. I'd started too. Uh, I went to the gym at four thirty in the morning. To get there for when it opened at five, so I can go before work. Yeah, because of uh, my hectic schedule with uh, coaching bowling. Which, by the way, bowling matches take a lot longer than you would think. Well, how many people do you have on your team to bowl? Um, five, and you have to do three games. 
Oh, okay. I thought that, I was expecting to be a lot more. No, nah, yeah, five for varsity. But dude, those things can take a while, especially if you're playing like for us in our instance. Um, you're playing a lesser team that really isn't interested in being there because they're not that good. They take their sweet mm, time. Okay. Uh, for example, we were bowling this one team yesterday. It sounds like the Giants. And they were literally like, it was their turn, and they were at the snack bar. <laughs> So we were sitting there like, what's going on? Um, but back to my point. So I get all the way to the gym, and it's 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, okay, I'm going to run in, do a two-mile run, shower, and go to school. I get the call in the parking lot of my gym that we had a delayed opening. Oh, I was, I was, I was saying like delayed opening for the gym, but I was like, oh, okay, you meant for the school. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Well, that works out. So did you do more than two miles? Uh, yeah, went and walked on the treadmill for a little bit. Nice. Oh. That sounds great. Well, we uh we missed a very busy week. Yeah, we to did. Say the yeah, least. Let's uh let's first jump into uh, America's sport or the new American sport, football. Uh, we had a bunch of teams, kind of kind of surprising in my opinion, uh, that got knocked this past week. Uh, what what were you uh thinking about that? About like say uh the Rams. Okay, so let's start with Rams-Falcons. I mean, I was expecting a little bit more from the Rams. Uh, I think we had tweeted it out a few times that it looks like their offense had a little bit of a crash and burn. They couldn't really get it going. But, man, their special teams looked dreadful. Yeah, I mean, they lost some two two, uh, fumbles within the first two kicks to them. And, you know, they say it's three aspects of the game. you got to win two of them, offense, defense, special teams. And uh, the Rams definitely didn't win special teams, and I felt like the Falcons' offense looked like it was in stride. Um, but also, you're dealing with a pretty young L.A. team yeah. as well. And what they're saying is the fact that it's been um, touched upon a, a few times is that you look at the top three teams right now in the NFC. Obviously, you got Philadelphia, loses Wentz, goes down the foals. Uh, the Vikings with Case Keenum, the Rams with Jared Goff have one playoff start between that three, and it was Foles uh, the one year that he went like, what was it, 26 touchdowns and two yeah, interceptions? like his best year. And yeah, the the best year ever until Tom Brady broke it. Um, yeah. Where then you look at the other, the bottom three seeds the between Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, and Cam Newton, all three of them have been to a Super Bowl. So when you're looking at the quarterback experience, even though it's not the Matt Ryan of last year, you're still getting a former NFL MVP who led a team to a Super Bowl and has gone on deep playoff runs versus a second-year quarterback in his first playoff game. Yeah, I mean, I definitely expect a lot more out of the Rams this week. I uh, I, I told my dad, I was like, you know, because my dad is a Rams fan, actually, so unfortunately he had to watch the suffering this past weekend. But I told him I was like, listen, I they they dropped from the second seed to the third seed, and they didn't they took out golf and Gurley in the last game, so they had no chance of winning against Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, and to build themselves up to the second seed. I told him I thought they were gonna be in good shape against the Falcons because Matt Ryan does not look like the Matt Ryan of last year, uh, going in the playoffs besides the Super Bowl, uh, and. Golf and Gurley were just on fire. They just shut those two down. That was that was the big thing. Yeah. Besides the special teams, Golf and Gurley were shut down. They didn't have a running game or a passing game out of the backfield. And Todd Gurley was so hot, he was getting like nearly 200 yards a game. Yeah, he was doing good. And then he just, I mean, 
He just wasn't able to succeed on his opportunity. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I'd like to say there's always next year, but that's kind of a scary thing to say, especially in the NFL where only six teams get in per division. So Yeah, and especially you look at this year where how many new faces were there in the playoffs this year, especially the where the NFC was completely upside down. Every single team that finished in last place in their divisions finished in first place this year. Yeah. Let's go to the probably the best game, the uh, other NFC game of last week, the Saints versus uh, the Panthers. Yeah, that great was, game. That was a great game, and that also brought up a big talking point about the uh, concussion protocol uh, with concerning Cam Newton uh, not being taken out in the fourth quarter after the whole uh, – Tom Savage thing? Yeah, so the the new NFL policy was that they had to go back to the locker room for concussion protocol, which Cam Newton did not do. He was did he went into the little blue tent and it was for his eye. Like it's his shield said to his, his eye. eye. And, the, and the big thing about it was it's more if a player goes down and like can't get off the field, then they have to go back was like the big thing especially after the tom savage thing yeah, and cam newton couldn't make it to the lot like off the field on his own he was you know well, he got dropped he got dropped and like he couldn't see out of his eye but many many people are claiming that the that the panthers uh sideline was telling him to get off like get on a knee so to give anderson a little bit of time to warm up because they don't have time to warm up if he just goes immediately out the clock keeps going mm-hmm. so they they told him to drop, but that's something that everyone, whether it be a major injury to a like turf toe, and especially ironically telling him to drop right after a hit like that too. Yeah. So and that was like the the big controversy of like, did he just drop on purpose? Did he have to drop? Like what happened there? Uh, it looked like he just was told to drop from what it looked like because he was doing fine, and then he looked over. And then drop to give Anderson more time. Uh, I I think there's no problem with that. I mean, the, there's very, it's very such gray area with this whole concussion protocol, mm-hmm. including Richard Sherman on social media kind of ripped it this week. Yeah, uh, saying that it was complete bullshit. Um, that the that it really does not protect the players, which I mean I don't know. I mean, it is a contact sport. There's there's hard to protect players nowadays especially with the speed and velocity that these players have yeah big and we talked about this last week on our 2017 year uh, wrap-up episode about the injury epidemic that rocked the nfl this year yeah and a lot a lot of big uh a lot of big hits this this uh postseason so and far now here's arguably the other controversy as carolina was trying to come back in that game again great game by drew breezy makes it look too easy still um had a couple big plays was that intentional grounding up grounding on cam newton at the end that kind of killed the game off uh i i say yes because it didn't really look because it's supposed to be like five yards within the player matter it doesn't matter how high it's just like five yards of like where the projection Mm -hmm. was and there didn't look like there was a player around there so it it looked like a good call for me uh and even so that kind of helped carolina because he was going down if cam newton gets sacked you don't have a timeout and that would have been a a major major loss for them yeah that that definitely would have killed the game off but at least they gave himself a fighting chance so for all the arguing i felt like uh, the panthers did about that call it did kind of give them an extra shot or two even if they made it that much more difficult because if newton goes down holding on to the ball 
which is a great play by him. You have to give it to him, knowing yeah. if I go down with the ball, this game is over because they have to go back and completely reset with the clock still running and nothing that they can do about it. Yeah. So like it was, it was like it was the right move to do, but it also turned out to kill them in the end. But I mean, Cam Newton even just even played a great game. He had 300 passing yards in that game. Yeah, that was they they really came alive there at the end. Um, Sean Payton almost losing his job. Yeah, he right almost at the lost, end there. Yeah, and well, I mean, he almost lost his job at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and he seems to be uh, having a re- given a reason why he should keep it now. Yeah, that I mean, also too, Carolina's defense. If they swat that down instead of picking that off, they have the ball in a much better spot. Yeah. That, that, that is also true. Um, I like how they're, like, trying to debate if that was an interception or not. They're trying to say he dropped the ball, even though it was clearly an interception. I don't know why that guy thought it, it would be a good idea to catch an interception there. but It was a great pump by Drew Brees. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, let's uh, let's jump into the next game. Prop, maybe, maybe even better, debatably. The uh, Titans at the Chiefs game. And I know for those of you who are following on our Twitter cast, when we had tweeted out that the last time the Titans and the Chiefs had played each other in Arrowhead, it was 14-0 at the end of the first quarter for the Chiefs, and the Titans came back and won. How about those Tennessee Mariotas? Yeah, I mean, well, one, that that play. That play, wild. That play where Mariota passed it to himself, that's unbelievable. That, like, how, like I, 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 I first thought that was illegal. Then I was like, oh wait, no, it was a tip ball. That was legal. Yeah. Holy shit, he caught that. That just came. I was like, oh wow. I mean, <laughs> it was good for uh, people to play in DraftKings that week if who had Mariota. Yeah, I really want to see the fantasy stat. Did they clarify that at all? I don't know. If I'm it, just if it, a it bad counts joke. as a catch and a throw, like oh, he gets twelve points. Catch, throw, and touchdown for him. Yeah, a catching touchdown and a throwing touchdown. Yeah, he's giving him like twelve points. Not what would that be nine? Yeah, nine, twelve points right off the dot there. Um, but honestly, Rick, I saw it coming. As a Philadelphia Eagles fan, you saw classic Andy was going to come around the corner, and here's my thing for him. Kareem Hunt got the ball 11 times. Yeah. You have the number one running back in the NFL up two, three scores. But during that time, like uh, during the weeks coming up to this game, Kareem Hunt was not the Kareem Hunt within the first 10 games. Mm-hmm. They Fair. That's fair. Defenses figured out Kareem Hunt. They figured out their passing offense. It, it turned out to be not so, uh, what's the word, complicated. And I think a big chief that, I mean, a big thing that made it even more difficult and complicated for the Chiefs was Travis Kelsey going out. Yeah, that was definitely a huge blow because Travis Kelsey is such a huge target. Probably uh, probably Alec, one of Alex Smith's favorite targets. Mm-hmm. He's probably one of the first people he looks for every single down. So every but single down he's passing. Good on Tennessee Titans. That was a great comeback I, Yeah, for them. Tennessee Titans pulled a great comeback. I mean – I'm honestly excited for them next week, uh, play, or this week, playing uh, New England. I feel like that's going to be a better game than a lot of people think. Because Tennessee Titans' defense is pretty decent. Yeah. So, I want to see how they do against Tom you Brady. you got Derrick Henry, run the ball, keep the ball out of Brady's hands. Could get interesting. Yeah. We'll Here, see how- here's a fun fact for you before we get into our last wild card weekend game. Every single game this week is a repeat of a playoff game that has happened since the year 2000. Really? Because you had those 2013 
was the Vikings and Saints when the Saints went on and won the Super Bowl that one year. It was 2000. I forget what it was, 2012. It was somewhere. When did the Saints win the Super Bowl? Wasn't it like 2009, dude? I don't know. We need a fact checker. Rick is our fact checker. But it was um the Vikings, Brett Favre. 2010. So 2010. So 2010. So it, was, it would have been, yeah, 2010. Um, and then the Eagles-Falcons is a replay of the NFC Championship, 2003-2004, McNabb against Vic. And then the Jags and the Steelers played each other in the wild card when the Jags still had um, Garrard. Yeah. And it is also a replay of the same year that the um, Eagles ended up going to the Super Bowl and losing to New England. New England in that same year played Tennessee. Okay. So it's going to get interesting, but here's a fact for you to get us into that last wild card game. Blake Bortles has thrown 102 touchdown passes to a combined 10 NFL teams. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! Dude, the, 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 the tailgate was more entertaining than that game. Watching Bill's Mafia literally burn down half the city of Jacksonville. That that game, and it's said multiple times over sports talk radio and everything, brought back football like 50 years. Yeah. That, that game was atrocious. Move this man! I'm I'm shocked myself that I watched that whole game because I was just like something happened and finally a fourth down uh, one yard pass for a touchdown happened then nothing else happened it was just there was like a somebody do something I think there was a combined like 20 punts that game yeah Blake Bortles ran for more yards than he threw hmm he's trying to be Mike Vick and it was funny he got uh, quoted they're saying like yeah Blake a lot of people say you suck and he goes well a lot of people say LeBron James sucks and look at him I think I, I in the, in defense of Blake Bortles that's so taken out of context 100%. that is so it taken is. out of context no it is like he's just saying people are always gonna hate on him like people always hate on LeBron now, you, you LeBron can't compare the not, talent at all you're not he's not comparing the talent at all he's just saying that people hate him and there's nothing you can do about it and they just he just keeps giving him reasons to hate him. Now during that like three week span where he was amazing, was becoming like a a young Big Ben. People were praising him mm-hmm. like they should. He has a b- big December. And and with those three weeks, he he got signed back again. Like he they picked up his contract for next year because of those three weeks. Jacksonville picked up his contract. After that happened, he went down the shitter again. Mm-hmm. Now. Uh, I mean, that was also a huge hit right at the end on Tyra Taylor. And they brought back... It Nate looked Peterson. like they had a little bit of hope when Peterman had that little scramble. You're like, wow, they might do something. But there's only one way that game was and ending. And then he, he threw his sixth career interception, first one in the playoffs. Yep, in I, two games. I remember listening to that game, and the guy the guy that's like broadcasting the game was saying, Man, here's Nate Peterman's chance to etch his... Etch his status into Bill's history. And, oh, he did. And uh, He did. He actually did. Uh, So let's get into these divisional round games now, starting off with the Saturday 4.30 kickoff. Rick, do the Eagles have a shot? They have a shot just because of the Philly defense. The Philly defense is going to be very good against this offense just because I don't... Long... Cox. Just because I don't believe 
Atlanta's offense is going to be able to throw as effectively with this great defense. Now saying that, ATL's defense is not half bad. They really aren't. And Over the last few games, they've been top 10 in the NFL in all defensive categories. As far as rushing, uh, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, passing everything. Their, their defense is not that bad. The only, I mean, the only way, in my opinion, the Eagles are going to win this game is if Nick Foles has a week, what was it, week 15 performance where he threw four touchdowns. Against the Giants, yeah. Against the Giants. Because in the regular season, the Falcons and the Giants were right next to each other in the um, rankings for pass defense. Yeah. But this Falcons defense, especially lately, has been very hot. You saw how they shut down the Rams. Yeah, they shut down the Rams, which was which is one of the most explosive offenses this year. I think it's going to come down to our defense as well as our running game. Can Jay Ajayi, LeGarrette Blunt, and Corey Clement get some pressure off of Foles? I think they will get some running room, but I just don't think that's enough. Yeah, it's... I, I'm, 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 I, I think Atlanta is going to win this one, hands down. Sorry, Feds. No, nah, it's okay. I mean, I'm going to say Eagles just because. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm going to be a nervous wreck for probably the next few hours starting right now, Um, now that the game is starting to get real. I do think the Eagles t- have a shot, but again, I, just, I'm, I wish I had some confidence, but I mean, Foles is going to have to go back in his time machine and go back a couple of years to that 26-2 and season for us to get this one done. And this is the first time in a long time where the number one seed going into the offense for the NFC is not favored in the betting lines. They're plus three against Atlanta. Yeah. So. And it was originally plus two, so now they've gotten it even a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, I think I would still take that plus three for Atlanta. Just my opinion. Uh, we'll see. Fly, Eagles, fly. Uh, Saturday night, Patriots, Tennessee. You already said you're thinking this is going to be a good game. I think so as well. I'm still going to give it to New England, but Me I do too. think Tennessee is going to hang around for a while. Yeah, I, I think I think especially in the first half because New England always seems to do this. Keeps the opposing team in in the first half, and then, then the second half comes, and they just dominate mostly. And so, something I think that's going to play a factor too is you know for a fact New England is coming in on a mission after the ESPN report about the fact that there's a power struggle between – Brady, uh, Kraft, and Belichick, and that the dynasty is about to collapse on itself. Do you think there's any truth to that? Knowing the personalities, I really wouldn't be surprised. I I could see that. Um, the whole the whole Tom Brady not liking Jimmy Garoppolo because he thought like he was gonna lose his job. That like to me that makes sense, but I don't feel like there's nothing really there. I, I feel like there is a power struggle to, between the three of them, whereas there's not really communication. All of them think they're kind of like running the team, quote-unquote. Right. So, I mean, because Tom Brady's been there. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's been running this team forever with Robert Kraft in, in, the, uh, in the audience watching them dominate. Uh, so, I can see it. But, like, but going back, yes, New England's going to win this. The line on this game is minus 14 New England. Would you take that bet? No. Hmm. I think it's again. I think Tennessee is going to keep it closer than a lot of people think. I'll I'll, I'll say no as well. I would take the plus fourteen Tennessee there. Now that we've talked about my team, let's talk about yours. Steelers Jags round two. How are you feeling? 
Uh, I think Big Ben is totally going to get his revenge. I don't think there's any way in hell Big Ben is going to throw five interceptions again. No way. Against the Jags. Granted, the Jags are a great defense. And hopefully we'll have our our, our triple B, our triple B, the killer Bs, uh, all there because Antonio Brown is questionable to play in this game. Uh, but I think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna Im- be improved from that what was it, like week five battle that they had with them. Yeah, because since then the Steelers are the hottest team in the NFL. Their one loss was that controversial loss to New England. Still very controversial in my mind. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I got to go with the Steelers. Again, the Jags beat them because Big Ben probably had one of the worst days in his career. And and the, and the Steelers receivers, especially with Antonio Brown bit, being out, have definitely stepped up their game. So Juju. Juju. And even Martavis Bryant, who looked pretty crappy at the beginning this year, had a little uh, dispute, said he was better than Juju, which I, I don't believe. But also, at the same time, that was kind of just like an egotistical thing. Got suspended for a game uh, by the Steelers. Came back and is playing quite well. So those three, hopefully those three with Antonio Brown possibly being back. Le'Veon Bell in the backfield, I think they're in good shape. Yeah, I'll go with you on that one. Especially how hard it is to go into Heinz Field and win twice. Yes. And the line on that one is minus 7.5. I will take that. I'll take that. Me too. And the final game of the week, the Sunday afternoon nightish game, New Orleans at Minnesota. I think that's going to be a great game. That's probably, hopefully, going to be the best game. I think that was the perfect time to schedule that late Sunday night. Uh, I'm going to pick New Orleans. I, I am too. Dude, the Saints look great. Saints look great. They have experience, like you said, with the quarterback position in the playoffs. Case Keaton. Playing amazing, really good redemption year after his poor year with the Rams last year, but I don't think he's gonna be as good in the, in this game. And it also brings up the question next year: which quarterback are they gonna keep? Because all three of them are free agents this year: uh-huh. Sam Bradford, Case Keenum, and Teddy Bridgewater. Sam Bradford. I I mean, Bradford's gone. Bradford probably is gone. Uh, Case Keenum and Teddy Bridgewater. That's gonna be kind of controversial because. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater has could be a starter somewhere. Definitely could be Cleveland, uh, Jacksonville. No, don't do that. He doesn't need to destroy his knee again. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, please. Yeah. <laughs> and the, that game though is minus four Minnesota. So I think we're both taking the bet of plus four Saints. Yeah. And I'm perfectly even okay. though I would hate to see it because obviously I want the Bird Gang there. But I think a Saints-Falcons NFC Championship in the Superdome would be absolutely wild. Yes, I, I think that would be. But with that, that's our uh, NFL talk. If you guys like that, please uh, send us – or don't like it if you disagree with us. Like it or disagree with us. Please send us some tweets our way at wideopen underscore sports saying why you like or dislike what we have to say. And be sure to follow us during our playoff coverage. We've been pretty on on spot going over a lot of good things. During the games, I guarantee you I'll have my fingers all over the Twitter feed during the Eagles, and I'm sure Rick will be all over it during the Steelers as well. So, unfortunately, I may be missing part of the first quarter because I'm going to be flying into Seattle. So, that's cool. What are you going to Seattle for? Business trip. Dude, uh, Seattle, I love it. Yeah, so hopefully I'll have some fun with the little business in between. Yeah. But, yeah, besides that, I'm ready for some playoff football this weekend. 
Outside of playoff football, another the, type of playoff football. Another type of playoff football. Bama wins it again. It is Nick Saban's fifth national title in nine years. Think about Lola trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins Wild, for the Crimson dude. Tide over Georgia. Wild. I mean, that's that says something about Nick Saban. I mean. <laughs> how, how do you describe that? You don't. Because the question I'm about to ask you, Rick, here is obviously you guys saw what happened. Georgia up 20-3. to Once again, another Georgia-based football team blowing a big lead in a championship game. Those poor people. Poor Quavo on the sidelines at yes. the game. Um, you saw the big play. Second and 26. How do you give up a touchdown on second and 26 in overtime? Just when it looks all but over. Um, but regardless, Rick, more impressive run of excellence, Patriots or Crimson Tide? I'm going to say Patriots just for the fact of Nick Saban has more freedom of who he wants to play on his team. Like, he's able to just drag and drop most a lot of players to his team. Now, they don't always get the best players, but they get most of the players that they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right, so are you actually ready for this uh, one stat now? Sure. So the freshman quarterback who came in during the second half, Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, no one's going to get that Yeah, Tagovailoa comes in, right? He originally did not get a scholarship offer from Alabama. Oh, yeah? His scholarship was offered to Fromm. Fromm turned down the scholarship offer to go to Georgia – and Tagovailoa, Tagovailoa, here we go. Um, feds, come on. Tagovailoa took that offer and was given Fromm's original scholarship offer. That's amazing. How? Yeah, just everything all comes back together. That cruel twist of fate. But Tagovailoa coming in, like the um, fact that he can be pulled in uh, when Jalen Hurts wasn't half. doing it. And the se- this he was he would only taken you know so many snaps during the season. It's when they're up three touchdowns against the lower teams of the SEC to be like, hey, bud, uh, true freshman, you're down 13 in the national championship. You got 30 minutes. Go. Um, he and was rated as the number one dual threat quarterback in the country. Um, here's why I think Bama's run is more excellent. Okay. You need to be recruiting night and day. Like, New England, Brady's been there forever, like you said. How many players have they had that have been there for such a long time? Like, having the sustained excellence of having some great players there. Where you only get four years, sometimes only maybe three years, with some of these college athletes. And to have five and nine years, and then, again, don't forget losing to Clemson on the last play of the game. The other national championships, the playoffs that they've made, the amount of times that they've come so close still. They could have more. And the fact that they have to do it with knowing you have three, four years with these players instead of being like, oh, I'm going to sign you to a seven-year contract. But to, to counter that, what I was going to say before, you have to deal with the salary cap in the NFL. You have to You have to deal with... Uh, trying to recruit a player from another team to come to this team, you have to deal with trading. You have to you have to do all those things in a bundle and try to balance it to make a good team. Now, 
I'm not saying Tom Brady hasn't carried some of these teams to a Super Bowl because mm-hmm. he definitely has. Because the Patriots, in turn, could have more too. But it a lot of uh, many plays in these Super Bowls have not been Tom Brady plays. They've been defensive plays. They've been uh, running plays. It's not all Tom Brady, mm-hmm. even though he is definitely one of the main factors why he they are there. But I just think it's harder to do it in the NFL than it is in college, okay. especially especially with. Nick Saban having the ability to just bring pretty much whoever he wants there. You see that wild report that Saban covets the um, Giants job? I don't see him taking that. No. I like. I mean, I just think that's just like uh, New York sports reporters hoping that someone will come save the team. Because eh, I mean, it's four o'clock on a Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, Saban wants the Giants job. Yeah, because when when the the whole dispute between Brady, Belichick, and Kraft happened. That's when all New York sports is like, what if Belichick comes to the New York Giants? Yeah. What are they going to do then? So, speaking of recruiting, Georgia obviously now has the number one recruiting class coming in. They get Fromm back for a little bit while. They have the one running back, Swift, uh, Michelle, and the other guy are now gone. Um, do Chubb? you think? Yeah, Chubb. How can I forget a last name like Chubb? Um, does Georgia... In Alabama, become the next Alabama Clemson. Hmm. Especially with the fact that they could see each other in the SEC championship game every year. Because, I mean, Georgia plays in a very weak side of the SEC. Who's their, I mean, Mississippi State, Florida, yeah, Tennessee. Very weak side, and they're definitely the alpha of that group. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Even though Clemson, I can... Is still in that hunt. I mean, they yeah. just had they just had a bad bowl game against Alabama. Dude, I, I didn't even think it was that bad. I think Alabama played that good. Mm-hmm. They they looked so impressive. Yeah, that's um, true. So jumping over from one college sport to the other, um, talking real quick about college basketball. Um, Rick, have you heard of the name Trey Young yet? Uh, tell me about. Him. Well, yeah, I was gonna say you should. Trey Young of the Oklahoma Sooners, who's being likened to as the next. Steph Curry, averaging about 26-27 a game, has been taking the country by storm for his insane plays. Um, Rick, he looks like he could definitely be the future. Alonzo um, Ball was supposed to be the next Magic Johnson. Let's see how that's going. Well, the, it's funny. The Lakers were on a very bad run with Alonzo out. That is true. That That is definitely and true. And now they have him back, and they are kind of winning again. Yeah, I mean, Alonzo definitely does bring something to that team, but... He's not that great of a player as of no. yet. I mean, it's still his rookie season. He right. still he's still playing time to develop. Like Steph Curry said, if you went off of Steph's rookie year, Steph wouldn't be in the NBA anymore. Yeah, that is true. So, um, so Rick, here's what I'm absolutely loving about college basketball, other than Trey Young. Um, I know you're just starting to get back into it, but it is so wide open. You have West Virginia, who's a t- uh, the number two team in the country right now, on a 15-game winning streak. That is the highest number. But after that, it is a wild up and down. Um, Villanova reclaimed number one, but they already have a loss on the year. They got stunned at Butler. Um, Oklahoma, with Trey Young, is up to number four. They had a big win against Texas Tech, where you know how we were just talking about Traga Viola and Fromm with their scholarships? Trey Young was supposed to go to Texas Tech said no i'm not going there there's not enough talent i'm going to oklahoma like flat out said when he put the oklahoma hat on not enough talent at texas tech and i want to win and put on the sooners hat 
Yeah. It looks like it's a pretty good he decision by him. He got shut down in the first half against Texas Tech, and then just went off, dropped like 20-something points in the second half. But uh, Texas Tech is number five. The Dukies are number six. They had another stunning loss. They can't play defense. They lost to NC State this week. Uh, Michigan State dropped from one to seven after a 20-point loss to unranked Ohio State. Which is crazy. Yeah. That's what I'm loving about college basketball this year. Kansas lost consecutive games to Washington and Arizona. It is the first time that they have lost two consecutive home games. And they've been dominating the Big 12 ever. Wow. Ever. The field house out there is incredible. But now West Virginia has a chance to finally take the Big 12 from them. But it's just been such an up and down ride in college basketball. I'm just I'm loving how wide open it is. Uh, local teams you got Seton Hall is actually 23rd in the country right now. Um, playing in New Jersey. A uh, personal team I like watching a lot is uh, Wichita State. Uh, like pulling for the local side Villanova. And how about those Ryder Bronx? Ryder Bronx, baby. Ryder ten Bronx. and six. Yeah, ten and six. Actually, we're just beating Quinnipiac by about twenty. How about that game-winning buzzer beater against Penn State? That was awesome. Yeah, this I love it when that happens. It's it seems like things are finally getting good. Knock on wood for Ryder basketball because they always find a way to blow it. But let's see what happens there. So if you think that Rick should be getting into college basketball, tweeted us at the wide open underscore sports. Uh, he's he admitted that he should probably get into it a little bit. It, I probably should. I, I, I've been really enjoying college basketball this year and i think we're gonna have a great tournament this year um from one basketball to the other few nba highlights coach lebron is back and it's not looking good lebron has lost two games consecutively by more than 25 points for the first time in his career they lost 125 to 99 to minnesota who man they look good right now um, they beat, they, other than they had a loss to the one and only Brooklyn Nets, but Jimmy Butler's really coming into his own and that young team is really coming together there. So Minnesota, who now has the longest playoff drought since the Bills made the playoffs are looking like that's coming to an end. That's for sport of basketball. Still the longest is the Seattle Mariners. And I still think they're a long way away there. Yeah. But, um, Rick, what's wrong with the Cavs? Uh, Again, because this is the second time it's happened. And now everyone's saying, how are the Cavs supposed to go and beat the Warriors for the NBA championship if they're going to struggle getting out of the East even now? Because that's a big loss. Losing 133-99 to Toronto, too. That was the second consecutive loss, which is when the video was of LeBron yelling at Tyron Lue, yelling at everybody else. And what, what also is bad is they were in a shootout against the Orlando Magic, which is one of the worst teams in the league. I mean, they won by 10 points, but it was 131 to 121. That like how how do you have not, how do you not play defense? I, I get it, it's the NBA, it's not a defensive league really, but I mean uh, you let up 121 points against one of the worst teams. And, and even right now, um, we're recording on Friday, January 12th, currently 8:35 at night in our New Hope Studios. The Cavs opened a 25 point lead on the Pacers that just got knocked down to 10 in the third quarter. Uh oh. 
So we're, we'll be keeping an Cavs eye on Cavs are showing that. age. I think that's a big factor. Cavs are showing age. They're, they showed they're willing to get rid of Tristan Thompson. Um, IT is coming back against Toronto. He went 0 for 11 in the first half. Like, yeah. I, something is going on there. But, Rick, is this pushing LeBron out the door still? Uh, It's going to be very hard to keep him there. Yeah. Now, it, especially if, if the team is that dysfunctional, it's going to be very hard keeping him there. And we're going to skip down real quick on our script down to KD, who became the second youngest player to score 20,000 points in NBA history. He's only behind Walt Chamberlain. I mean, come on, when the guy's scoring 100 points in a game, he's probably going to be the first, the youngest player to score 20,000 points. But is KD really starting to overtake LeBron? Between the Warriors being able to win the finals and KD just taking them to school think, in the finals. I think we had this this conversation we, yeah, like we a have, week or two we, we did, and now you have this point that KD is younger than LeBron scoring 20,000 points. Like, Do you really think that the era of LeBron is starting to fade off? Or, yes. is, it just, or is KD just that dominant right now? Uh, it's both. I mean, K, this is definitely the era of K, KD when... Surprisingly, I mean, a couple years ago, we were talking about the era of, like, Steph Curry. But now it's definitely the era of KD. Um, KD is definitely 100% the best player in this league right now. Uh, now, I'm not saying LeBron is... Which is not- a bold statement because you know how many players would be, well, LeBron's one of the best ever. Mm-hmm. But I'd say right now, especially looking at the circumstances going on, Golden State's riding a six-game winning streak right now and- versus... And I was, I was What's gonna, going on in Cleveland? I was going to say, uh, I mean, I mean, Golden State Warriors are definitely in a better situation than the Cleveland Cavaliers. The pl- the player quality on the Golden State is definitely better than the Cavaliers. But you'd expect the Cavaliers to at least show up a little bit more in this. Yeah. So. Do you think, too, maybe Cleveland is back in that mindset of, uh, we'll get it in the playoffs? Um, Probably. Because, I mean, last year they gave up the first seed to Boston because they were just like, Eh, we don't need it. And, and they didn't need it. They didn't need it in the East, but I don't know. Maybe it was maybe they maybe they're trying to do that again. I doubt it. I just think they're very dysfunctional this year for some reason. I mean Kyrie Irving got out of there for a reason, it's kinda of showing now. Yeah, you're do you how much do you think that the off season sideshow is affecting Cleveland? They are now six and a half games behind Boston because Cavs losing two in a row. Boston's on another seven-game winning streak, and they're also behind Toronto. I mean, it, I mean, they're definitely missing Kyrie right now. That that is for certain. But you got to put that in the past. I don't think that's necessarily the thing that's affecting them now. I definitely think it's just like ego and age is affecting them right now. So yeah. I think that's the the two major factors in that. Yeah, just run, running down just both uh, conferences real quick. Because um, I think another thing, a testament to KD, is also the fact that the Warriors are still strongly on top of an even stronger Western Conference. East looking like the Celtics are in first, followed by Toronto, Cleveland, Miami in fourth. Surprise. The Wizards in fifth, who just can beat any team they want on any given day. But then, God forbid, the Orlando Magic or the Memphis Grizzlies walk in. And they get embarrassed. And I know John Wall had a big rant about it. And a lot of players are sick and tired of it, with even within their own organization, of not playing up, of constantly playing down to other teams that they're playing. And they would be in a much better spot. Just looking at some of their games, um, they're currently beating the Magic, but losing to the Jazz, beating the Grizzlies by only two. 
Um, they've had a couple real shocking games. Like they beat, they beat. Here's here's their season in a nutshell. December twenty seventh, lose by fifteen to the Hawks, basement yeah. team in the East. What did they do the next night? Beat the Rockets by eighteen. Because they were pissed. Yeah. And before that too, before they lost to the Hawks, they beat the Celtics. They, I mean, that is true. I and just... before that, lost to them, got destroyed by the Nets. Yeah, they just, I don't know, There, there's those teams, and then, I mean, comparing it to uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, their two, lo- their two big big losses that they should have lost this year were to Jacksonville and to Chicago. I should say mm-hmm. more Chicago. Not, I, I shouldn't say that about Jacksonville. Jacksonville's a good team, but they should not have lost that game to Chicago. No, no and, way. Uh, and I think it was because they played down to Chicago. Like, they they played lower than, than expected. Yeah. And similar to what the Wizards do, if like, if they know that it's a, or if they're thinking that they've already won the game, then they lost the game. Because I mean, it is the NBA. They're they're talented enough players on these teams to be in the NBA. So every team has a chance to win. Now, I mean, it's hard to argue when like say the Hawks are against like Golden State Warriors, but I mean, every you would think every team has a chance to win because it is a professional league. Yeah. So. Uh, and then going down the rest of the East, the the Milwaukee Greek Freaks are in sixth. Uh, Detroit holding down seventh, and then Indiana currently holding down the eighth spot, a game ahead of the process, um, which we're about to get into in a second. And then the Western Conference, Warriors in first, followed by the Rockets, Spurs, T-Wolves, Trailblazers holding down fifth. The Thunder are going into another streak again. They're in sixth, but I still think they're a playoff team. It just doesn't seem anything ever works out for Carmelo Anthony. No, that's a rant for another day. Uh, And then the Nuggets holding down seventh, and the Pelicans are in eighth, a half a game ahead of the Clippers, who just can't seem to get healthy. Blake Griffin comes back and goes out with a concussion. DeAndre Jordan, Jordan hurt his hand dunking the ball. They just can't get it right at I the mean, moment. Blake Griffin has just been injured for his whole career. Just imagine. But um, speaking of injuries, and like we said, but the process currently in ninth, uh, the 76ers. Guess who returned back onto the practice court with the Sixers upon the return home from losing to Boston in London? Uh, that would be Marquis Fultz. And his shot looks even worse. I don't have a comment for this one. His shot... I, I was watching it on um, PTI earlier. His shot looks even worse. Unlike a, a nice shooting first-round pick. So... Right, Lonzo Ball? <laughs> oh, bada boom Um, Is the curse of the Sixers first-round pick real? I mean, it seems like it, but I, I don't think so. Trust, just trust, like, the, trust the process. Yeah, the process that's going to take 20 years in the making. I mean, at least they're in ninth and only a game out of the last playoff spot. I mean, Ben Simmons is so far my runaway rookie of the year. Yeah. He's been phenomenal. Joel Embiid, when completely healthy, he hasn't missed as many games, but, you know, he's a dominant force when he's healthy. The, the Sixers are still doing pretty well. Like, the process is slowly coming along. Like, God bless that. It, when you look at Philadelphia fan bases, right, you, you look at the Eagles, an Eagles quarterback has one bad quarter and he's getting booed off the field. You look at the Flyers. The, the Flyers went through an eight-game losing streak earlier in this year and they were demanding for their coach to be fired. The Phillies, I don't even think they know what to do with the Phillies. But with the Sixers, it's just, no, trust the process. Yeah. 
Just try, every, every other that's, single that's the thing. You Philadelphia you need, team. You need something that will sell T-shirts that says, and it's a great tagline, but it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. In in results, it's not showing what it what they're what they're portraying in the in these ads and all this. But trust the process. And this hashtag. Like I mean, they need to do something in the next year or two. Otherwise, what trust? What trust in this process should we have anymore? Yeah, that that is a. I definitely agree with you on that. It's starting to come into fruition, but you know, eventually the way they're playing right now, those first round picks, number one picks, aren't going to keep coming. Um, and then here's another thing to talk about. Um, there's been a lot of heat between the NFL, the I mean the NFL, the NBA players and officials this year a lot of big names being thrown out yeah like lebron um kd getting thrown out and apparently the players have had enough so much that even the refs agree with it the refs are tired of the players attitudes that over the all-star break the players and the refs are going to be sitting down and discussing their issues uh chris paul blasted the refs and their association the other day for an issue on, and it's obvious the players have had enough, so they're going to sit down and talk about what's going on. Do you think this is a move the NFL needs? You mean the NBA? Or do you mean the NFL? Like the NFL. Like, like I, I think it's a good thing that the NBA is going to sit down and be like, okay, there's obviously something's going on here. There's a big controversy. You guys aren't happy. We're not happy. Let's figure this out. I, I Well, I think the NFL has to deal with more of bad calls, whereas – the NBA refs, like, they get mouthed off more than any other sport. Mm-hmm. Any other sport. I would say the NBA, uh, NFL, and NHL are probably pretty close. I love the NHL refs, though, because they just give it right back. The NHL refs do give it right back. But, I mean, at there's there comes to a point where these refs can't be verbally abused like this anymore. So something needs to happen. I don't know if it needs to go to the extreme of like where in like soccer, if you say something bad towards a ref, you'll get a yellow card. Yeah. What? Or in, if you're in England and you say a bad thing about a ref, you get a three-game suspension. Just True. like bang, just like that. Uh, so that's going to be coming soon. That'll definitely be interesting to see the news coming out of that with the all-star break on the horizon. And lastly for the NBA, Rick, the Ball family begins their reign in Lithuania as Leangelo and LaMelo actually did look pretty good in their first game. I mean, they're playing Lithuania. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, did you see center court of the team they're playing? Yeah. It's a giant big baller brand logo. Yeah. That's, uh... I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. That's taking over the world, I guess. But I mean, that's what Lavar was like. It's global. We're it going is. global. I mean, good for him. I mean, as as a person that loves business, I mean, yeah, he's great businessman. He's creating such an amazing business. Uh, questionable how he's doing it, but he's creating such amazing business. Uh, but I, if if they have success there and they're able to develop there, then good for them. Then Lavar Ball did the right move, and then they'll be coming to the Lakers. Yeah, I mean the triad of balls. The triad of balls playing for the Lakers. That would be that'd be Luke Walton's worst nightmare. Yeah, I I feel like uh, it already is his worst nightmare. It already is his worst nightmare, and I think he's over the fact that he has to listen to Levar Ball so much. I think he's happy that Levar is going to be in Lithuania for a little bit Mm -hmm. and away from the team. 
Uh, so those are some of our NBA thoughts. If you have some of our other NBA thoughts, uh, feel free to f- hit us up at the Wide Open underscore Sports Twitter feed. And of course, don't forget to follow us on Wide Open Sportscast on SoundCloud and subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, Rick, we're going to get into a little bit of our specialty sports here. So before I give you guys my Premier League minute, why don't you tell us what's going on with the NHL All-Star Game? So the NHL has announced the All-Star Game and the All-Star teams that are going to be playing in Tampa. Uh, the Metro, Alex Ovechkin will be captaining that team. Uh, the Atlantic, Steven Stamkos, no surprise there, will be captaining that team. Uh, the Central Division, P.K. Subban PK. will be uh, captain of that team. Pacific, Connor McDavid will be captain, uh, captain of that team. I'm glad uh, to see Taylor Hall made it for the Devils. Taylor Hall made it for the Devils. A lot of big names in this. I mean, I think overall, I think the Metro is probably the most stacked in my opinion. Easily. So I, I think the Metro should take this no problem. But the the layout, like last year, or has it been two years? Or was it just uh, two years? Year? Two years. Three on three competition. What's going to happen is first, the Metro is going to take on the Atlantic in a three on three competition. Then it's going to be the Central versus the Pacific. So the Eastern Conference. Uh, plays themselves the western conference plays themselves kind of like a mini stanley cup type thing then the winner of those two games will play in the all-star game championship game uh i'm i'm betting on the atlantic and the pacific taking uh going into the championship game i'm gonna say the metro and the pacific i meant to wow i screwed that up i meant to say the metro and the young metro yeah sorry i don't know why i did that uh but besides that a lot of people like their jerseys that they're wearing. I think they're ugly as hell. I haven't seen them yet. So they're like the Metro's gonna be wearing gray with yellow shoulder pads. Uh, the Atlantic's gonna be wearing dark blue with yellow shoulder pads. That's okay. Uh, the Central uh, is gonna be wearing black with orange shoulder pads. What is and, this? The Flyers? Yes, I was saying that too. And the Pacific is gonna be wearing white with orange shoulder. What pads. What is this? The Flyers? <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean. They always kind of go with like these like bright, colorful colors. Uh huh. Except for this year, they're, for the Western conferences, they they are going with the Flyers colors. Or you can you could debate the old uh, uh, what's it? The old Ducks colors. Yeah. Like the the alternative colors that they had for like two years. Yeah. So and I think it's gonna be a good. How time. about the Golden Knights getting taken to court by the uh, Army Academy by West Point? I'm I'm very conf- I'm I'm not conflicted about that. I think it's kind of BS. I think it is too. Yeah, I, you can tell there's there's no similarity between the logos at all. Like, come on. And and also, uh, once again, the Golden Knight Twitter, always great, came out with a tweet this week saying, uh, "From our from our studies, no person coming to our home games thinks that they're that they're going to see army men parachuting into an arena." <laughs> so, the, the best Twitter out there. Uh, and jumping into our Premier League minute real quick. Uh, the FA Cup is back underway. Basically, it's England's version of the March Madness tournament where all the soccer teams in England all play against each other in one giant tournament from all different divisions. Uh, Tottenham cruise to a win over Wimbledon 3-0. And Wembley in the third round, all the Premier League teams go automatically into the third round when they get a bye. Um, Manchester City... Gets a scare but defeats Burnley. Manchester United takes a scare from Derby and defeats them with two late goals from Jesse Lingard and Romelu Lukaku. Liverpool 
Big Verge Van Dyke. The $75 million signing by Liverpool. The most expensive defender in world history. Bags the game-winning header off of a corner kick in the 83rd minute against Liverpool's arch-rivals Everton to advance into the next round. But very shortly after that, we lost Coutinho. Yeah, Philly Coutinho, the most, the highest transfer paid out player out of the Premier League. Um, Chelsea will replay Norwich. Um, if you tie in the FA Cup with the team, you go play the reverse fixture. So basically, Chelsea played Norwich at Norwich. They will now play each other at Chelsea. And if after 90 minutes it is still tied, they will do extra time and then, if necessary, penalty kicks. Uh, but the real highlight was Arsenal, the scum of the earth, getting stunned by Nottingham Forest 4-2. In the round, Nottingham was a championship team, which is the second division. So, Rick, it'd be like the equivalent of the Boston Red Sox losing to the Trenton Thunder. Uh, and Arsenal was stunned. They played all their young players, didn't bring any of their... They had a few of their experienced players playing, some of their regular players. But their real stars didn't even dress for their game. And it was discovered that one of their players, um, El Nene was out at a hardcore drug party till 3 o'clock in the morning the night before the game and started the game for Arsenal. People have done crazier things on drugs yeah. in the 80s. They, they said that apparently there was no video evidence that he did any drugs, but it was known that it was a wild drug party. I mean, uh, and of course, Arsene Wenger was on the bench for Arsenal. He received a three-game ban for bad-mouthing the refs. In the 80s, when the Steelers uh, played my, in Miami for the Super Bowl, the, the night before the Super Bowl, the whole offensive line was doing cocaine. Yeah, that Bart Starr smoking cigarettes on the bench? Yep. Wild where uh, we've come from. Um, and after a week off for the FA Cup, the Premier League gets back into action this week with the two top games this week. Uh, tomorrow at 12.30 American time in New Jersey, Tottenham will take on Everton at Wembley. And then on Sunday... Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> put it, put it on the record. Uh, the Atlantic time. Um, and then Liverpool will play Manchester City on Sunday at Anfield as Liverpool looks to hand Manchester City their first loss of the season. Uh, and last thing, Pep Guardiola, the manager for Manchester City, wins his fourth straight Manager of the Month award. Unprecedented. Never been done before. And who else but Harry Kane wins December's Player of the Month honors for a record sixth time as a Tottenham player. Very nice. Very nice. Now it's time to jump into our questionable calls. This week, our questionable call to celebrate Cleveland's 0-16 parade. Which LeBron was definitely not a fan of, by the way. Give us, uh, we're going to give you our top three worst sports cities. And this is a, this is a first time for us. We agree. We have, we have tied. We have said our worst sports cities are Buffalo, Atlanta, and Cleveland. All right, so who are you going to start with? Uh, I'm going to start with uh, Atlanta. Atlanta... Atlanta is the only city to lose a professional sports team in the same sport twice. Atlanta Flames moving to Calgary. Atlanta Thrashers becoming the Winnipeg Jets. The only city to have that happen. They have the worst, one of the worst teams in baseball. 
They have one of the worst teams in the NBA right now. And not only that, if you're talking like back in the long run, I think it was one of my friends that tweeted out something. It was like a long list of just the misery, the misery that Atlanta has gone over through since like the 90s. The Atlanta Braves were the team of the 90s and true. won one World Series, and that is their one championship in a very long time. Yeah. Going off that. Their football teams choked. Both of them. Both of them in the championship. Both of them did. And even you go back a couple years before that, when the Ravens played the 49ers in the Harbaugh Super Bowl, when they played against each other, the Falcons had a giant lead on the 49ers in the Georgia Dome. And the 49ers came back and won that one, too. Yeah, that's when Kaepernick was a big name back then. Knocking on wood for tomorrow. (laughs) And, yeah, that's... Yeah, Atlanta. Those are the facts. The, the, the Hawks had a 60-win season and lost in the first round. Like, it's awful. Yeah. Uh, poor Atlanta people. Uh, Buffalo, too. Yeah, why don't you take Buffalo? I mean, obviously, the Bills just got off of the longest playoff drought out of any major sports team, only to get embarrassed <laughs> in the most... In, they got embarrassed in the most embarrassing playoff game in a very long time. In the lowest scoring playoff game. I think ever. So Billsy. So Billsy. I mean, other than Bills Mafia, Bills Mafia, keep rocking, man. I mean, I, the, the Barstool Sports is saying that if they went further, somebody probably would have died in Bills Mafia from the way those tailgates were going. But um, between the Bills and the Sabres, obviously, you have, the you have Sabres. no championships. The Bills getting... They're four years in a row to the Super Bowl and losing all of them. Sabres did. I still to this day should have won. Still should have won 1999. I, yeah. That that that, also, bowl, that was my next point. I mean, they they got they got hosed because hole was definitely in the crease there. Yeah. But they lost. Yep. So nothing in Buffalo other than cold weather, and just uh, hoping the Bills find a quarterback. Um, and then in Cleveland. Other than the fact Cleveland, I would put third on my list for the fact that they are coming back together. I mean, you, you, the, Ca- the Cavs won a ring. The Indians have had two great seasons in a row, making the World Series two years ago and then this year with a 20-something game winning streak. Uh, but having an 0-16 parade for the Browns is just so Brownsy. And this is the other thing, too. It is the ultimate Brownsy thing ever to be that bad and not make history doing it. Yes. Because they were not not the first team. The Detroit Lions were the first team to go 0-16. So it is so Brownsy to be that bad and at least not not even make history being that bad. I mean, I I appreciate Cleveland fans just because of the hell that they have to go through every year pretty much. It seems like... I know you said that things are starting to come together. I mean, besides, I mean, Cavaliers seem like they're falling apart. Yeah. Uh, Indians, I mean, they just don't seem like they're able to get to the next level. Over the hump. Over the hump. Uh, Cleveland, I, I just think they're, they keep digging deeper. Or the Browns, I should say, just keep digging deeper. So, I, I mean, just for the fact that. One. One championship. And 31. Yeah. Over the last two years. They're just digging that hole. They just can't seem to figure out what is going on. So I still love when the Browns had that number two pick. And Philadelphia offered them all that stuff so the Eagles could move up and get uh, the Wentz wagon. And 
the Browns scout said, yeah, like Carson Wentz is going to be a bust pass. Like give the Eagles the pick. And then look at Carson Wentz now. And the Browns fired every single scout that told them to pass on Wentz and trade the pick away. Once the Eagles started 3-0 and last year when Wentz really started off well. And those scouts probably shouldn't be hired ever again. No. No. Yeah. No. Um, so if you think that you have another worst sports city out there, um, I saw San Diego was on that list. Yeah, that is um, true. There's, there's a few other that are out there. Um, if you think you have your worst sports city, tweet at us at the wide open underscore sports and tell us why you would trade any of those out. But I mean, I think it's pretty tough to go against those three cities being the worst sports cities. Let's jump into our final drive. Yay, final drive. Our, Rick. Final, our final drive is pretty much sports stories that happened this week that may not be big headliners, but are fun to talk about. Yeah, Rick, you, you should get us going on this one. All right, first one, 50 Cent, the rapper, gets a chance at redemption as the Mets have invited him to throw the first pitch at this year's home opener. Will oh, he take boy. it or not? Oh, God. Does he, reserve, uh, does he deserve redemption? No. Maybe, maybe not. I'll keep my my comments on that one. Um, Along the lines of baseball, many MLB players signed contracts today to avoid arbitration, including Chris Davis, Cody Allen, Josh Donaldson, Manny Machado, back with the Orioles for a year, Jose Abreu, Chris Bryant, Thor, Noah Syndergaard, as well as many more. Yeah, there is so many teams or so many players that got signed today. Like. We, we could have done a whole podcast on that. Uh, you want me to get this next one? So you can uh, I'll jump to this one. Okay. Uh, the the eSports, which is becoming a huge, huge commodity in sports. Overwatch League was launched this week, which is definitely going to change the, land, uh, the landscape of eSports. Uh, which, which also many other uh, sports organizations are a part of. Like Robert Kraft owns the Boston team. Uh, New York Mets own the New York team that's going to be in this that is in this league. Uh, I know, like Joe Montana is invested in a team that's out in San Francisco, so there's big, big, big investment in this. Also, at the same time, MLS is announcing EMLS with yeah. 19 teams sponsored with various players. Yeah, New York City FC was the first team to get a player. He just competed in different FIFA tournaments. But now 19 teams have sponsored individuals to represent them in a EMLS. So it'll be like New York City FC versus Portland Timbers, except in FIFA as esports. And then also, uh, big news this week, NASCAR is also starting to make strides and starting to invest in multiple different esports organizations. So there could be some e-racing coming soon. What you got next? Uh, coming up next, according to recent polls, basketball has now officially passed baseball as America's second favorite sport, receiving 11% of the votes as Americans' favorite sports. Baseball had nine. Soccer gained some ground and is now only two points behind baseball as far as percentages, but football still triples basketball, with 33% of Americans saying that football is their favorite sport to watch. Still, for the controversies and the off-the-field issues, the on the field issues everything else going on the nfl is still a runaway favorite of america's favorite sport but speaking of controversies the nfl this week has fined alvin Kamara for his christmas tweets being a little grinchy there Ooh, not fun Ooh, that um georgetown is going to hold uh speaking of esports an actual reality night 
where what they're going to do is one section of their arena is going to hand their phones in to the stewards at the section. They're going to be given a name tag with their name on it, which is meant to encourage conversation with other people. And, and in return for watching the game without your phone, just being in the moment, they're going to get t-shirts, they're going to get a halftime stats report, and all these different things from the university for participating. Hmm, interesting. Next, Christian Pulisic sits down with ESPN and admits that USA's expectations are too high for him. Uh, puts through what uh, puts through shade at reporters. That is awful typing, by the yes, way. Saying that he became successful without the U.S. team helping him by saying, "I guess I never developed as a player until I was 16, when he was moved to Germany." Yeah, literally, his dad picked him up and said, "Yo, we're going to Germany." And now he plays for Borussia Dortmund. Uh, but basically said, "Yeah, the Americans are putting too many expectations on me because I'm still I'm not that good yet." But when the reporters were saying that Pulisic is successful when the USA team is not, Pulisic said, well, then I guess I just was an okay player until 16. I just never got better. Like, I never learned how to play until I was 16 years old and look at me now. Uh, and our last thing, J.J. Redick and Kyrie Irving have a conspiracy showdown with each other in London where J.J. Reddick shares his information with Kyrie that J.J. believes that dinosaurs didn't really exist. He said that the word dinosaur wasn't invented until some British guy came up with it in 1884 and this whole other thing of people just popping up. He thinks that dinosaurs don't exist. They weren't real. Yeah, the word tweet wasn't real a few years ago. Now it is huge. Yeah, yeah, you got that right. Um, so I would love to see J.J. Redick and Kyrie on like a science show together. Just sit down with Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. And just freaking schooled. Just wa watch him like give a college lecture. Oh, this is why the world is flat and dinosaurs don't exist. Exactly. Everything you know is a lie. Yeah. But there is one truth. This podcast is awesome. And thank you for listening to our 20th episode. Our 20th episode. Still going strong. Please, uh, with that, please follow us on Wide Open underscore Sports on Twitter. Please also give us a follow on SoundCloud and listen to us on iTunes. Or bo listen to us both on SoundCloud and iTunes. And with that, thank you very much, Fitz. Yeah, great show as always. Time to go into meltdown mode. Let's go, Bird Gang. Adios, boys and girls. Do you believe these guys are our future leaders in America? so very much for all the appreciation and all the great moments that we've experienced together. You stay classy. That's all, folks.